Okay, it's episode six of IOFA. It's only fucking advertising. I am your host, Aaron Starkman, and I gotta hurry up with this intro. Uh, I'll tell you why. In 2.5 hours, about 2.5 hours, I'm getting on a plane. I am flying to San Francisco, and I'm going to talk to Jeff Goodby and Rich Silverstein. If you would have told me like eight months ago before I started this thing that this was a deal, that I'd be going to San Francisco to be talking to the Goodby and the Silverstein, I would have said, you're nuts. But here I am. I got my passport. I have a hotel booked. And my wife is going with me, and we're going for the weekend, a nice little break from parenting. Um, we'll do what people do in San Francisco when they're uh, there visiting, walk up some hills, eat some food. All that stuff, go shopping maybe. But I'm super excited to talk to two of the OGs, the original gangsters. Uh, these guys you can put on a short, short list of superstars who have been kicking ass and kicking ass for a long time consistently. Maybe that's why this year they're the ones being honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award in Cannes. Now, if they don't hate me after this interview, I'll probably buy them a beer or two at the Gutter Bar in Cannes. That would be nice. Um, I should mention we have some sponsors for this. So thanks to them, this show is being made in the first place. So special thanks to Mary to Giants. They are a Toronto editing company. They have eight editors. They are driven, creative, collaborative, welcoming, and super undouchy. That's actually the little bit they gave me and you know what? I agree with all of that, including the fact that they are great folks who you want to hang out with and have a beer with, preferably a beer in the Molson Coors portfolio of brands. Use Mary to Giants. They are awesome. And we have a brand new sponsor, The Message. The Message is a brand new website covering advertising, marketing, and media in Canada and around the world. Sign up for the newsletter at themessage.ca and click the bright little orange sign-up link on their homepage. That's uh, what you should do. Also, Radke Films. Their directors have all the awards. Can, Cleo, One Show, they got them all. We just worked with Michael Clowater on Heinz Ketchup. That was a very good combination, I got to say. So awesome to have Heinz as a client. So awesome to have Michael Clowater on board. He had great ideas. A great storyteller. Uh, we ended up loving the finished product. We loved the experience. We love Michael Clowater. Pick him. Pick Radke. They're both great. They're great. I also want to thank Ted Rosnick, my executive producer, Art Mullen, the amazingly talented sound engineer, and Vapor Music. Thank you all. Okay, so my Uber is about to show up. I have my little carry-on here. Beth is meeting me at the airport and uh, about to go to San Francisco. I have a little caveat uh, before we wrap this up. So I'm told this thing is being filmed in San Francisco in like a filming place, not a sound place. And I'm told that the podcast is going to be a little echoey. So you know what? I don't care if it's echoey, whatever. I get to talk to these legends, Goodby and Silverstein, the Goodby, the Silverstein. Okay. It's coming up after I land in San Francisco, IOFA episode six. It's only fucking advertising. Thanks for encouraging me to, to come down to San Francisco. It's been good. I've been here a couple days. Mm. I was telling Rich, I was at this uh, place called RNG Lounge. Very good. It's a whole fried crab. It's good? You, yeah, it's really Where good. Where is it? It's like 
a block away from here. It's a block from here? It's in Chinatown. Okay. And uh, we stumbled onto it. You have to find that. It's really good. The crab is alive and they just, they kill it almost right in front of you. Yeah. No thanks. That's what they do in China. No thanks. You pick the fish out, it swims by, you pick it out. 15 minutes later, it's on a plate. That's why I like vegetables. (laughs) Have you guys, have you guys been in this location forever? Oh my God. 94? Since 94. What is that? Like? Something like that. How many That's years? a long time. 12, 15 years? How many years? No, 20 something. Jesus. It's on the steepest hill I've, I've seen any agency well, ever. It's a hill that says we are in San Francisco. It is such a, it's a tourist trap of, a, of, of an agency. Has anybody tripped and fell no. to their death and just kept rolling down to the water? No, but when it rains, you hear people slam their brakes on and they skid <laughs> all the way down the hill and rear end people. It's, <laughs> it's a sport. <laughs> oh my okay, God. let's start with this. How did you guys get into advertising? Let's start with... Rich, why don't we start with you? Well, I would say by mistake, both of us, <laughs> clearly. No, no one really wants to go into advertising, do they? Well, I don't you know, know what? I, when, I, know, I don't know what I wanted to do. It wasn't we, this. Well, when... But I love it. Oh, well. I love it. I would say that 35 years ago, you didn't look towards going into advertising. You didn't go to school for advertising. You kind of looked down your nose at advertising. So I went into design, and the evil part of design was advertising because there was no design in it. Right. (laughs) And Jeff. It's true. I remember there was a saying when we first went into business, a designer that we were working with said that designers think of advertising people as whores. Yeah. And um, in advertising people think of designers as airheads. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. And one of the first things we ever did was try to build a design department within the advertising because we we always felt design and, and uh, good writing went together. And we still have yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think... I don't think I got into it by a mistake so much as when I got into advertising, it was really because I needed a job. And uh, I was a journalist on the East Coast, and I moved to California. Whereabouts on the East Coast? In Boston. In Boston. Yeah. I hear no Boston in you. No, I grew up in Rhode Island, so I can still talk like I did when I was growing up, but I don't do that now. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Were you part of the mafia? I was part of the mafia. (laughs) I could take you out. I just saw a movie, uh, Black Mass. You see that movie with Johnny no. Depp? He puts on a horrible... Oh, wait. Is that, that's the one about uh, Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a Whitey Bulger story, but it's kind of too long. It was when I was a reporter. So and, you were a reporter. Uh, I was a reporter, and I brought up the name Whitey Bulger to the lieutenant governor of Massachusetts on the phone. And nobody knew who he was at that time. And he said, where did you get that name? Wow. And I said, uh... Somebody told it to me over in the North End, and he said, stay the fuck away from that man. <laughs> oh, that's said, lovely. He will not respect you as a reporter. He will, he's a fucked up man. <laughs> wow. Said, wow. So how long were you a reporter for? Jeez, from uh, when I got out of college, which is 73 to, you know, five or six years. We consci- consciously started an advertising agency hating, design, uh, hating advertising. And maybe still do, actually. That's true. I was going to get to that. That's, oh. that's what we explicitly set out to do, was to not do things that were like advertising that had been done. And that, that sounds obnoxious. It's like, oh, we're so special. We actually, we wanted it to be respectful of people, like, like the journalism that we did was. Yeah. Like great, yeah. great visuals, yeah. great writing, humor, 
expect people to pay attention, expect them to have an intelligence about them, and um, or, you know, just to have, have them welcome the stuff that we did instead of advertising, which was, you know, some hammer hitting somebody in the head saying, you know, if you take aspirin, this will be fixed. Bizarrely, we right. were really naive to advertising. Yeah, uh, but so that was good. I guess so. We didn't know what we were doing. And, uh, and I think we, didn't, we weren't students of it. Yeah. We're really good at faking it. <laughs> well, I used to say to the whole staff, we're making this up as we go along, so don't trust anything that you hear. And the president of our place one day said, don't say that anymore, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but what you find out is the clients don't know what they're doing as much as uh, either. So no one knows what they're doing. Everyone's faking it. And um, you get through it. Yeah. So when did you guys get hooked up? When did you become a team? And how did that happen? Uh, 1980. We were both... I was working at uh, Hal Ronnie and Partners, which was then, then called Ogilvy and Mather. And uh, Hal put us together, put me together with a new guy that he'd hired. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first time you met? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think I walked in the door the first day and he said, you're going to be working with him and it's going to be on Billy Ball. Like that, that was it. And the rest it wasn't of the even Billy Ball. It was the Oakland A's. Oh, okay. The okay. Oakland A's pitch. Yeah. The Oakland A's pitch. Did you win the business? Oh, mm -hmm. God, yes. That's nice. Yes. Yeah. Are you guys A's fans? Uh, no, we weren't. I was. Um, You're Red Sox. You're I was a Red Sox fan, and he was probably a Yankees fan or something. Exactly. No, we weren't. But no. you know, in, in the course of doing it, we got to quite like the A's, and it and, was. And it was you fun. got to quite like each other. Was it love at first sight? <laughs> did you hit it off right away, or did it take a while before you really clicked and said, "You know what? This is no, good." No, no, I don't think it was ever like awkward or not awkward. It, it was like you worked at Hal Reiner. You. I think we both have a very strong work ethic, and it's like, okay, here's the problem. Let's go try to solve it. And it wasn't, oh, I'm not comfortable with you. Or I don't think he asked me one thing about my life. I don't think I've asked him anything about his life. I still don't even know if he's married or has children. I don't know. I don't know. No, but, but I don't. You know what? I. We did just go right to work. We and did. I wasn't thinking, geez, well, I'd be around this guy in 35 years. I was not thinking that. I was like, I hope this project comes out well, and that's all I care about. And if it doesn't, I'll get rid of this fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I thought was really, I don't know how it is. It was like the planets aligned. When did you start? When did you start your own agency? How did that come about? Um, well, we, we were working together at Hal Reiney, and... Um, this other guy, Andy Berlin, who became one of became our third partner when we started out. It's 1983. He was a writer. He's a writer. But he but he played the role of an account person yeah, too many sort of, times. He sort of morphed into a larger than life <laughs> thing. But um, and, and we're still friends with him. But he he uh, he was not happy at Hal, and Hal didn't Hal didn't like Andy that much, and and Hal was really you know we were like his favorites. Right. So Andy was disgruntled there. He went to another agency to be a creative director of some kind. And, uh, and so we were still in touch with him. And we started doing this uh, freelance thing together, the three of us, yeah. which was, uh, it was called Amazing Software. And uh, we renamed it Electronic Arts, and it became like a big game company. Mm -hmm. um, so we were doing packages, and we were going out and doing photo shoots for them and, and all kinds of stuff. And... Um, 
and so Andy and Rich and I were still hanging out together because of that. And Andy started saying, we should start an agency. This, this account's big enough to do that. Did you have a job while you were doing the freelance thing? or you were just We did, yeah. So you I think, were just I think Andy actually quit eventually. Cunningham and Walsh. Yeah, he was at Cunningham so and Walsh. So you're working on freelance for yeah. what was We EA. have a good work ethic, <laughs> like you said. So you had a client, and it's like, okay. It got too what? big. The freelance got too big. And Andy is pushing us, pushing us, because he's not happy. He wants to start an agency. And he had this VisiCalc program. I mean, I don't even know if that's still that's not around. They proved to us spreadsheet. That, yeah, a spreadsheet, which we couldn't read, which he proved that we would make money. He proved that we were making enough money to start an agency. <laughs> and so you did it. And it was Goodby. Goodby, Bruin, and Silverstein. And I, I named it because I had to do the logo, and I felt that I couldn't, I was stumbling over the, you know, how to put the three names together, and it seemed to roll over the tongue better to go Goodby Berlin and Silverstein. So I fucked up myself. And how long was it Goodby Berlin and Silverstein? Till nine, well, actually Andy left in um, early 92. It took us about three years to rename the company. We left his name on the company because Colin Probert, who was our president, kept saying, oh, come on, it's the brand. Shut up. Just leave it. Just leave it. And yeah. finally, one day, Rich and I were like, Annoyed. no. <laughs> and then so you came up with, so took him with the genius name of Goodby Silverstein and Partners. <laughs> yes. It's, guys, you've done some really clever work, but it's not. Well, we didn't have any partners at the time, but it made everyone feel good. No, no, we had partners. <laughs> Did we? we had partners. We had already had, yeah, we had had partners for the th three years since Andy left. But, okay. But, but we so, finally just did So I got I to gotta ask this. Okay, so the name's Goodby Silverstein and Partners. How did you guys decide whose name goes first? Is there an arm wrestle? No, no. I, yeah. No, I was, as I was telling you, um, I had to make the logo. You thought it looked better or sounded better? Both. And, and, so, and I keep telling him, you know, that the last person in the name, like, Bill Burnbuck, Doyle Dane Burnbuck, Crispin Porter Bogusky. The last person in it is always the key person. Yeah, well, guess but what? But you want to know something. So I know, I know what you're going to say. Say it. I've said for 35 years I've been ignored. <laughs> no, you are. It's just good be. Even so, what, look, in a meeting, in front of me. He doesn't like that. People I, say, you know, I work at Goodby, and I'm going, well, what about me? So this is awkward. But, I, but you want to know something? It's true. People say Crispin. They say Crispin, Crispin, Crispin. Of course, we know there's a Bogusky, and we know that he's an important person. We don't even know who Crispin is, now. I don't even know who Crispin is. No. Right? So. How about that? We don't know who Porter, Porter is. We don't know Porter. Yeah. We know Bogusky. It's true. I, know, I don't yeah. know who Crispin is. I don't is. know who Crispin is either. No. But anyway, so. so people, it's a funny people, thing. People, it's a funny thing. I love that the art director thought it just looked better. It's kind of true. Yeah, I don't know if it sounds better. I think I like. I think I like Silverstein Goodby, but... Well, maybe we should rename it now. <laughs> I'll go work on the logo. Okay, uh, okay. I started doing some research. Thank uh, goodness. I, no, but I don't really do research on these things. And my producer, Ted, he gave me a bunch of shit to read on the plane. Oh, good. And I started reading the first thing. There was a story about Norwegian, which you guys... It's not did, true. You guys did some great work on Norwegian. <laughs> But I started reading about Whoops. a time when they couldn't pay their bill. I got to tell you, I'm on the plane and I laughed out loud. People looked at me like I'm a crazy person. <laughs> and I stopped reading the story. I don't know how it ends. So, and, it, then, and then I stopped doing research well, let me just altogether. Tell you, so I want to hear, tell me and our listeners about the time when they couldn't pay their bill. Okay, I'm just going to go to the end first. 
we now have an HR department. <laughs> <laughs> we have lawyers. Look at, look at PR behind us. Oh, HR my God. Department. We're back, Meredith from PR. I look at her, I see her in the corner. She's shaking her head. All right, Jeff. So, okay, so she's shaking her head. About? Let's see how this goes. Well, it's true. Marty Wenzel came to us and said, listen, these guys can't pay their bills. He was the head of account service. He was the, head, that. He was the account guy. And he said, they can't pay their bill, um, but I have an idea. <laughs> I said, what? He said, let's trade like a couple of months fee that they can't pay for a four-day cruise for the whole agency to Ensenada. And I said, so what, what does that mean? Well, we go to, <laughs> we, we started in Los Angeles. We have to fly everybody to oh, LA. Yeah. We have to fly everybody to LA. We went from there to Catalina. Remember that? Oh, and then yes. we went to Rosarito Beach and then we went to Ensenada. So, and then we come back, right? So you guys had so many great ideas over the years. This sounds like one of the worst ideas <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. It's, it really does. No, no, there's a key thing. There's okay, a key thing. Yeah. So, so you say, so is there enough money to like take our spouse? No, can't take spouses. Uh, I don't know how many people we had in the company at the time. What do you think? Like 150. 150. But we had six um, special rooms, uh, six um, bigger cabins. Oh, yeah. And so this is a, not only is this a bad idea, we said six different cabins had to throw a party with a different kind of liquor concept. So the, we, so the people this that- is not we, good. We just drew, so there's like a Mexican margarita theme. Oh yeah, there was a- uh, So we drew straws, theme. we drew straws, and if you got one of the big cabins, <laughs> you had to give a party in your cabin, yeah. and it had to be liquor-based. So there was like a scotch party. This was like supercharging was party. the party. It's like did everybody it. did everybody make it back or did someone fall off the ship? Well, things <laughs> fell off the ship. Up. So before we went, before we went, and this is actually really funny, but nobody will understand it now. We had our old boss Hal Ronnie make a film for us oh that we played God. there, where he was actually the commander of a submarine. We shot this film over in a World War II submarine yeah. in, uh, in 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 Fisherman's Wharf, and we got him like a perfect commander's uniform from Los Angeles. Had him smoking a cigarette, and, and you see like this commander, you can't see who it is, and uh, and you see our ship off in the distance, in his, and you hear the party going. You on. hear the party like off in the distance, screaming and yelling and music and everything. I gotta see this. We oh, have it. I'll show it to okay. you. And he, and he, you know, fire one, and you see this thing go toward the <laughs> fire truck goes toward the ship, and the ship blows up. And it was just before the days of like really good CGI. The ship blows up, and you cut back to where I need. He pulls the. The, the periscope down. It's the first time you can see it's him. And he's smoking a cigarette and he says, that ought to do it. <laughs> that was just oh great. Because we had beat... It was hilarious. You know, this is another story, but we had beat him in a pitch for Royal Viking Cruise mm -hmm. a long time. It yeah. was our first pitch against our father right. and won. That was a big deal. But anyway, back to the cruise. Back to yeah. All right, so after six I'm parties... I'm the whole podcast is about the cruise, by the way, but keep going. Well, six parties, then could, you're... It could be. You are so <laughs> drunk at that point, and that's just the start. And oh, we had a company meeting that some people didn't show up for, like the president. The president was too sick to come to it. He was too hungover. <laughs> that's good. But, but we don't know about some things. You know what? There were no... There were no legal ramifications that I know of. However, people have told me that there there's videotape in a vault somewhere that could could uh, engender such things. What was the funniest thing that happened to you on that pit on that uh, cruise? I had alcohol poisoning. I That's could not, not remember uh, the the day that we arrived in Mexico, and then people went offshore and drank some more. Remember? 
You're old. Oh, yeah. This I think is, you're old. The person who used to be uh, your assistant. My assistant. So I walked, yeah, we got to Ensenada. And I went, I'm not, I'm not going into Ensenada with these people. They're out of control. I'm not getting off the <laughs> ship. I'm staying here. I'm going to read some 19th century novel or something. I go, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm going to walk in wow. there. So I walked in and I looked into a bar. That's what you were going to yeah, say. Yeah, I was going to say the shots. And Allison was in there. Somebody was drinking a shot like out well, of her belly off button. The body? It was out of her belly button or something. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. So yeah, you know what? We don't do this I, anymore, no, by the you, way. This, what year is this roughly? You got a five-year window. It's like nine, not gonna ninety-five. No, a little earlier, ninety-two. All right. So this is like a representation of advertising in nineteen ninety-two. But you know what? I bet you in the history of advertising, nobody has taken an entire agency on a cruise. No. So, and, and that's going to be, that's something well, special. It yeah, will never happen. We took happen. a reporter with us, too. Oh, my God. So that did. is a bad idea. That is a really extra we bad took, idea. We took a reporter. We that's took Noreen O'Leary. She begged right. us to go. <laughs> <laughs> and we took her with us. The poor thing. It was like, don't write about that. Don't write about that. Don't write about the whole week long. <laughs> You know yeah. what? And also, you know, thank God for no social media in 1992. Oh my God! So social media would have changed that whole thing because yeah. it was it, it was a contained event. You couldn't call anybody. The ship would have turned around. Well, okay. there was no there was no phones. Yeah, right. Couldn't yeah. no. So we do this thing on uh, on this show. It's called the worst fucking meeting ever. It's the worst fucking meeting ever. The more messed up, the better. I don't know if anything comes to mind. Uh, well, you can, for, do, one, ask, I can oh, do one. Rich, why don't we start with you? Does anything well, come to mind? It doesn't even have to be a meeting necessarily. It could be related to a meeting. What well, for 35 years, Jeff has gotten me in the trouble. Okay? Because oh, which he, one is this? He, he eggs me on. <laughs> I'm okay. sensing, yeah, I'm okay. that. <laughs> so you have to understand that like, a pitch is a big deal, as you know. Sure. And you work and work and work. Okay, now the pitch is in New York City, and it's going to be at... Uh, this hotel, and um, uh, it happens to be a computer-based company. All right, I'm just going to tell you, it's IBM. Rather large, right? Yeah. It's a big deal. We've got our biggest ideas. We're going to turn IBM blue into green. That was our big idea, yeah. I think. It right? was. It was. Hey, we were ahead of the time. Yeah. Okay, so we're in the elevator, mm -hmm. going down to dinner, and um, is four or five of us partners. Yeah and someone else in the elevator in the corner. And uh, Jeff's, uh, I don't know, Jeff says, so let's put Silverstein next to the, uh, the client because I don't know anything about computers. And uh, I, I said something like, I don't know. I knew what you said. What did I say? I'm not sitting next to any fucking technolo technology <laughs> geek. <laughs> and then I hear from the corner, be careful of what you say in an elevator. It was the client. It was we the president of IBM. We didn't get the business. That is the worst thing ever. Oh, it's terrible. And we <laughs> hadn't even started the awful. presentation. <laughs> and I had to sit next to him at dinner. So when was the meeting? The next day. The next day, and he was there? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And was, what was... He like, was at dinner. He sat with him at dinner. <laughs> he made Rich sit with him at dinner. It was bad. That's awkward. That was awkward. And then, we, and then we had to pitch to him the next day. Of course. Of course. He was somewhat distracted. <laughs> But, but yeah. it was Think Green, wasn't it? <laughs> it was something like that. I don't, know. I don't want to remember that. All right, part. What's, your, what's your worst? <laughs> what's your worst? Jeez, I don't. Um, That's a pretty good one. That one's hard to top. There, there. Want to hear a good story? Sure. This is a good story. I hear a good story. I've to, I told this story the other day. You might 
I don't know, you might not remember this. It's a really good story. So we're, we're pitching Unum Insurance, and they're in Portland, Maine, a little, little insurance company. Yeah. Great, great people, really nice people. We worked for them for a few years after we won the pitch. So um, we stay in this little tiny hotel, and you know we bring all of our boards in, and we always bring like a certain brand of wine the night before our pitches. A Jordan Cabernet. Jordan Cabernet. Like a good luck thing? Yeah. Yeah. It just, we, we started winning, and so we had, we had to trek the Jordan back to Portland, Maine, and everything. And, uh, and everybody checks in there, and, you know, and, and uh, we go to the pitch, and we do the pitch, and, and we win the thing. And so I'm on the phone talking to them, and I said, so was it close? Yeah, it was very close. It was very close between you and some other agency in New York. I said, what made you decide the thing? And they said, we did an interesting thing. We went over to the little hotel where you guys stayed, and all the other agencies had stayed at that hotel too. And we said to the front desk people, which agency was the nicest to you? Huh. <laughs> wow. Really? And they said, you guys. Oh, that's heartwarming. Isn't that nice? This is supposed to be a funny podcast. I'm sorry. You do I something just, I'm nice. I'm sorry. I like thought that. of that. I was just I was thinking you of that. You didn't know that, Rich? You didn't know that? Over. No, I didn't. I flopped over to a nice story. I must have been in another hotel. I think one of Okay, here's the <laughs> <laughs> All back, right, go ahead. Back at the time when we were That's working. That's really sweet. When we're, it is, that isn't is it great? Really sweet. Um, when we were working for Budweiser, Steve Dildarian was the writer on it who went on to write Life of Tim and a whole bunch of other stuff. He's developing shows. And uh, so he was, he was the main writer on it. Now it's, he, he wrote the lizard stuff with me and Harry Cocciolo and stuff. And we would, so he was hilarious. You know, the, the donkey that wanted to be a Clydesdale and everything. He did all that. But we had, he, he came up with a terrible campaign for, for something. I forget what it was one of the bud brands and we're, we're at the we're at the uh we're at we're at the meeting oh before the meeting i said to him steve please don't present that it's terrible and he said no it's going to be funny it's going to be really good and i said no please don't present it and he said no it's it's going to be really good i promise you it'll be really good they won't buy it anyway one of those things so i go okay fine so we go to the meeting he present he starts presenting it and he's really good at presenting things like that that are not good even. Right. <laughs> and he's presenting the shit out of it because he just wants to like be able to say to me, see what I mean? <laughs> so I literally in the middle of the meeting go, guys, this is terrible. I'm sorry, but what Steve is trying to sell you now, you're laughing your asses off. It's terrible. And, and they looked at me like I was out of my mind, like I stopped Dildarian in midstream. <laughs> well, we were pitching Starbucks, and we had so many ideas, we decided to bring a cable car bell with us. Now, honest to God. This is true. Honest to God. And we would ring the, we promised. Rich and I, Rich and I would like to have, we had a stopwatch. Oh my God. In we had a stopwatch. In front of Howard Schultz, we decided that if it was too long, we were gonna ring the bell and they had to stop in front, in, this, in the pitch. Hmm. Yeah. And we rang the bell. They thought we were loony. They thought we were out of our minds. Like the, the, right, the creative team would be up there halfway through something that, was, that we didn't think was interesting. <laughs> just ring the bell and get somebody else. I don't know. <laughs> and we got the business for a while. <laughs> Which was a terrible idea. What's, um, if you guys had to pick your favorite thing, favorite thing that you, you've ever been a part of at this agency, it's a tough one. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to say got milk. <laughs> Well, you know, Too easy. I, I can't answer this. People ask us this all the time, and I, I would never say got milk. I think we've just done so many interesting things. For, this sounds obnoxious, but we've just been so lucky with the people that worked here that I could never pick. You know, there's mm. so many. 
We have, this is obnoxious, but we have things that, that you don't even know that we did that yeah. are amazing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, we're very lucky. I'm not answering it. Um, no, listen, I think we're a series of a lot of really great small things. Okay, you can't, okay, yes, you said got milk, but we did so many clever, interesting, fun things that are still fun today if we can go and go get them and show them to you. They're just little things. I mean, a Cracker Jack spot, a... Um, um, we, made, we made commercials for Chevy's Mexican restaurant where we, th we made the commercial and threw it away the same day like they do the food at the restaurant. Okay, yeah, so that's funny. And that was at a time when it was hard to make a commercial, get it out to the stations, get yeah. it on the air, yeah. and throw it away. So <laughs> you guys are scrappy. Yeah, that's a good word. You're scrappy, yeah. So... I had well, we had to be. I had Jerry Graff on. Uh, oh, he, yeah. So good. He's, he says hi. So he was on the podcast. One of our favorites. And he talked about E-Trade. I want to know if this is true. Because it's <laughs> what he said sounds scrappy, like what you were just talking about. I think he said it was you, Rich. Mm -hmm. uh, a client was on the fence or kind of mm -hmm. leaning towards no. Mm -hmm. And he said that mm -hmm. you guys went out, shot, and produced that commercial that ended up running on the Super Bowl mm -hmm. without client buy-in. It's a little bit kind of like that. I said if uh, I told the client that we would pay for it, I believed in it so much. And, and it was- If they and, didn't run it. If they didn't run it. And at the end, Christos, who was the CEO, heard the idea uh, beyond the marketing department and said, I want to run it. But up until that point, yes, we were uh, paying for it. That's amazing. Yeah, you got any other stories like that? Of uh... No, there's another story connected to that commercial that I'm surprised Jerry didn't tell. <laughs> I don't, you have to do tell I that. Hear about this? Well, there was a Super Bowl spot where we just wasted $2 million, and um, they had these funny characters in the garage, and they were clapping to a monkey. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I think <laughs> it's it still was, funny and today. It was because of it's the still casting. funny as hell. I, I went to yeah. a party with a bunch of yeah. So for the people that don't know what this thing is, it's a couple of guys in a garage with a chimpanzee, and they, they push the button on a boombox, <laughs> and some Mexican music, La Cucaracha, starts playing, and they all start dancing to it. And you're going like, what the fuck am I looking at? And at the end, it says, well, we just wasted $2 million. What are you doing with your money, E-Trade? Because it was on the Super Bowl. That's what it cost to run a spot. So, I mean, that was, an, that was just an amazing event. Yeah. And I was at this party of lawyers that I got inv invited to. And these people don't talk about advertising. They're watching the game. That spot came on. And they're all like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And the place went absolutely quiet until the end where it says we just wasted $2 million. And they went crazy. Like, in that kind of attention to a Super Bowl commercial, it's hard to get these days. I know. You know? It is. It, it it is, is it, what's happened in Super Bowl spots, of, uh, the, so many eyeballs are on it because it's so yeah. expensive. Yeah. In those days, it was a little bit, well, it was kind of scary. Two million is still two million, but. Now it's what? Like. Five, ten? Five, seven, five? five? You guys would know. <laughs> How much is a Super Bowl spot nowadays? Like five. Five million. Boy, you better do a good job. Well, we have, you know, you asked us about our favorite work. I think, it, here's a cliche, it's what we're doing at the moment. What, what's our chances now to make a great spot or, or something amazing that isn't even TV oriented? Um, we're still here. We're still excited about doing something we've never done before. 
And I know you called this scrappy, but I think we like to reinvent ourselves as much as possible. We try to stay young. The whole we're idea still, is to stay we're young. Still we're still scrappy. So I read something. You guys had a crazy year. You yeah, somehow. Some, this I was a good year. Like, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a money guy, numbers guy, but I read something like you got over $100 million in new business. We did? That's what I read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's been a very good year. That's a good year. See? Like that's we got a, a good, thumbs up over there. We got, you a, know, we got a thumbs up from PR. All saying, you, all we, you we do, can use this part. <laughs> all I can say is... Not the E-Trade part. <laughs> you just put your head down and you do the job. And if, you, if you're going to pitch, you pitch really well. If you Just do whatever you do really well. Maybe you have a good year. But, you know, a lot of this stuff is luck. People come to you at the right time, you know, and you just have the right people to do the work. You know, you were talking about Got Milk, Rich was saying the other day. When they came to us initially, we, had, we actually had a team that said they were going to quit because we were going to work on something as boring as milk. Yeah, they thought we sold out. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, and, and, and then other people said, no, we'll work on it. And this turned out to, you know, the team that said they would leave was an incredibly valuable team on Sega when we did the Sega campaign. They were just the right people yeah, at the right Zuzu time. They did Rodeo. They, did they were the job. wrong people for milk. No. You know, I would just say, here's the magic sauce for us. It's crazy optimism. We always think we can solve the problem. It's gotten us in trouble, but it's also helped us. We just think we can solve everyone's problem. Amazing. <laughs> I do want to talk about Got Milk for a second, because as someone who loves advertising, I love that campaign. Is there a favorite child in that campaign? Oh, for, sure. What do you, what There's you, a couple of favorites. What, okay, what do you got, Rich? Well, you've got to do Aaron Burr because it started the whole thing and it's still just as good today. But there's a couple of gems in there that people don't see very much. I have my favorite. I'll, I'll, I'll could see. be. What's yours? You go first. <laughs> I, there are a couple that I like. I, I mean, I like the thing with the little kid who can predict the future. and um, yeah, That's my the favorite. birthday one. The, and well, it's... It's pretty so good. So well done. There's so much depth to it. It's so much, I can see it on paper being very good, but I can tell that that just went the extra mile uh, on the production. The kid, I can still see the dad, his reaction around the tree, just his expression. <laughs> that casting was brilliant. The dad is better than the kid. Was that Harry and Sean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we've had such great talent come through this company. Yeah. I mean, really. Because if you take if you take Eric Joyner and you take um, uh, uh, McBride, and it was it Burns Scott um, Burns, and, and that was on um, that Aaron was Burr. Aaron Burr, and yeah. you know you know who shot that? The director was Michael Bay. Yeah. See, he was a very good commercial director. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Michael Bay. He he was he really improved that a lot. Yeah. Not as much as he'll tell you he improved it, but a lot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Although Jeff showed me the script, the original script, and he, he had a lot to do with it. But, but it was just the time when, I, let's go back to the people. Each time, each like five to ten years, we've had a different group of people, and they've all done really well. Mm -hmm. They've done well in the agency, and they've done well leaving the agency. And we're really proud of that. But we have, I, I think, our ability to see talent, hire talent, is pretty good. That I'll, I'll say. That, that's an ego part that I like. Nice. I want to talk about the industry, and you guys alluded to something before about it not being as awesome as maybe it was, the industry. Do you, do you feel that's the case, that uh, the industry is awarding the right things in the last you know, five years? 
in Canada? I, 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 I would just say that the award shows have skewed the thinking of creatives in a way that I would prefer not to have them think. I, our job is to solve problems creatively in any which way. But the slicing of the onion of the award shows into best 50, you know, under $50,000. There's too many categories. And so the creatives are finding little ways to win. We never, I, I don't want to ever sound old and say, oh, in the old days. No, it's not that. It's just that I don't think people are stringing together sentences very well anymore. Um, well, I, I like making things that make a difference in the world. And that means a lot of people have to see them. Okay. I mean, I, I, and I think a lot of the stuff that gets awarded nowadays does not, is not seen by a lot of people. And that's the thing I've bitched about. And I, I know I called Can a fiberglass roofing convention and that I wasn't going to go back and so on. And I've gone back since then, so I've had to eat my words. But, you know, I, I do believe that we should aspire and that the funnest thing about this business is when you get in a cab and the guy says, oh, you're in advertising, what do you work on? And you say, E-Trade, and the guy goes, oh, I fucking love those. You know, right. that's the best feeling in the world. Right. We should aspire to it. Yeah. yeah, we should aspire to that. And it's not that way. The guy in the cab doesn't respond well to, oh, I did the, um, I did the safety truck. Yeah. I did the safety truck awards video. Well, I, re I remember being at Sundance, and George Lois says, uh, I, I hate that TV show, you know, that advertising TV show, Mad Men. Why do you hate that? Well, because he really knew he was in that time. He hated that show? Yeah, he made fun of it. He was like, well, because he wanted to be the real madman. Um, he I, wanted his name mentioned. I think he was wrong, but he was also brilliant. Or he's not, he's not dead. He's still alive. He's still around. Um, he's still around. That yeah. time of the 60s of, re of not even reinventing, inventing advertising was amazing. And we should all be so lucky to come up to that level. So that's the only time I'll say, sounding old, people before I got in advertising did it awfully well. Yeah. I saw, I saw a great, I read a great Jaron Lanier thing about how in the 50s, people got afraid of advertising. And in a weird way, that resulted in the creative revolution of the 60s. Like they, they went around it and did it with humor and oh. with beauty and with, with um, you know, things that surprised you. And I, think, and I think that's happening right now. I think Facebook and uh -huh. Google and those guys are scaring people about advertising. And we're going to have to do a better job than ever of, of enticing them in, bringing them in, welcoming them. So you see optimism around the corner. <laughs> I, I know it's ugly right now, but that's the way we are. <laughs> Makes us come we to work. We are so lucky. Don't stop us. Every single person listening to this podcast is so lucky to be in advertising. We get paid to actually use our brain. It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Crazy. It's a wonderful thing. And sometimes... So stop bitching about it. we got to stop bitching about it. But it's okay to bitch about work that no one sees that's made just for award shows. Totally. Yes, I remember, right. Um, like, BMW Films started it, and it was great, right? Yes, it was. But then people were saying, whoa, this is so cool. We'll do... Uh, I think that's when titanium started, because this is so it much was. bigger, right? This exactly. is like inventive, like the stuff you're talking about in the 60s. Yeah. But then yeah. everyone's like doing a weird thing that's entered a whole bunch of categories that no one sees, and it feels like it's, it's it feels it's like it's tailored for the categories have really changed everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've got to go back to fewer categories. In fact, they did this past year. They went back to fewer categories, and uh, and they're probably going to have to streamline it more to have it mean something. 
I think, I th so. I think I our so. I think people in advertising are so frustrated that they can't use their talent on the client that they're working for that they have to come up with some kind of category yeah. to make themselves <laughs> feel good. Right. And uh, that's what's fueled this whole thing. Is all the PSA stuff and it's... Well, yeah, I, I think the hardest thing to do is something amazing for a client that's paying you. hundred percent. And I mean, the thing that, that no one talks about out loud is the PSA stuff. I mean, deep down... I'm not sure what percentage of ad folks are doing it to make a difference in people's lives. I think right. it's a lot more selfish than that. Yeah. And it's making a difference in their lives. It makes a difference in their lives. And that's that's shitty. As an industry, yeah. I think we need to just we need to lock it up. We need you to lock know, it up. It's a funny way to say this, but I think we hate ourselves. Um, in the sense that we hate we hate We're the ashamed of it. In yeah, exactly. And so, so we, we make up for it. We make up for it, and um, that's that's kind of wrong. It's a waste, but it's not changing yet. But you know what? That it does result in a lot of new thinking. It does result in new uses of media and so on. And, and you know, and in the end, sometimes good things come out of it. You know, there's a, the, the business is so different now. A lot of our people. They spend a certain amount of their time doing small content creation jobs that are not necessarily big opportunities for them in a career sense. Right. Okay. Everybody does a certain sure. amount of that now, yeah. um, and and so the, you know the picking and choosing of your opportunities is a little harder than it used to be. I think I, yeah. there's there's not a thing where you know creative director comes to Rich and says you know I, you can do whatever you want with this baseball team. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like. That doesn't happen very much these days. There used to be a time when, oh my God, you gave the worst job a billboard, a billboard to someone. Now you give them a, a banner. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and right. I have never clicked on a banner in my life except by mistake. Now that we have fueled and nobody, we have, nobody does. I know, but there are companies, Google, Facebook, go on and on and on, who have made a fortune in advertising that no one uses. I can't believe it. I just still don't understand it. I think people are figuring it out. I think clients are figuring it out and they're starting to reinvest their money in places where it's, it is important. You know what I really love when I buy a pair of shoes online and I get an ad instantly right after of the same shoes I just bought? That's so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is such stupid marketing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, did, uh, we did something invasive and weird. You know the guy from um, Ikea Lamp, the weird Swedish guy? No, oh, yeah. Like many of you feel, so we use him in a campaign in Canada. Oh. He's been the radio voice since that campaign from Christmas many years ago. And we just went for it. If you're online at like 12.45 a.m., mm -hmm. he knows what you're watching. He says, why are you watching cat videos? That's crazy. Maybe you need a good mattress, right? Mm -hmm. Ikea opens oh. in seven hours and 15 minutes. So it worked. It's working and people are getting freaked out. They're getting freaked out. Because you seem to know what you're watching. Yeah, he's doing like 20 of them. It could be like something so specific like archery on YouTube. Why are you watching archery? That's wow. crazy. Wow. Get a better bed. Well, you can certainly do that. You know, we, we've done that for Comcast with... Um, pre-rolls, you know, on online. And and we found out like what the pre-roll's about. Yeah. And we go on and we tell you, you know, the uh, the, 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 the 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 digital property you're about to watch is gonna cost you this much to watch. 
And there's a there's like if it's That's a basketball awesome. thing, it's a basketball player telling you that. If it's a cooking thing, it's something. It's a cook yeah, telling yeah, you yeah. that. I mean, we can figure out what the thing is and make it appropriate to it. It's crazy. At the end of the day, like a good idea is a good idea. The Geico stuff is still is amazing. The, well, they've uh, stayed with it for 15 to 20 years, right? I mean, that the Geico just got bitter and bitter and bitter. It didn't start off good. But it, they stuck with it, and it's gotten really good. And that pre-roll thing was it the unskippable. Yeah, unskippable ad. It was great. That's really that smart. Really, really smart. That was one of the best things. You know what's never changed? Yeah. Smart, smart, smart. It's just always. Good. But it doesn't feel like digital. It just feels like a great fucking idea. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyways, and that's 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 what you guys are all. That's about. what you want. What are you most proud of in the last in the last mm -hmm. few years? The agency you are today. Well, I would. There's two things for me. One is still being relevant. My God, the last thing you want is an agency that had a name, that did something once, and, and is just limping around. So You are the opposite of a one-hit wonder. You guys are like just over and over and over I, I and over, so. forever. And we've always been jealous of agencies like Wyden and uh, um, BBH and Shiat Day, and then, then some agencies kind of lose it, but uh, you look at Wyden's staying power, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, you guys remind me a lot of Wyden, you do. And, and then the only other thing, so that the, for me, it's relevance and then the people that we've fathered here that have gone on to do something. I'm really proud of that. But what are you, what are you proud of? Not much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very proud that the, the things that we've really done in the last five or ten years have changed so much you know we've gone from a place that did tv commercials to a place that you know did a gold line winning thing with okay go that did you know that did a vr experience with mm -hmm, uh, the mm -hmm. dolly museum that you know that does crazy things like the uh, cheetos museum and the right. you know and 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 cheetos vision i mean i think that the inventiveness of the agency has gone way up, yeah, and yeah. and that is, that's that's really what what every good agency has to do. And it's so easy to just do what the clients tell you to do. Just do the assignments that the clients give you. You don't take what you're given. We are never happy with the work <laughs> until later on. You know, fondly, so I look back later. at something. Yeah, but it, yeah, we do, but every time I look at stuff, I go, eh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you guys, I mean, it's back to the idea. You guys are all about the ideas, and Cheetos Museum is kind of weird and, and different, but when you think about it, that's just a solid idea. It should have been done years ago. It should, it should have, have been, been done. done on TV. Yeah, but now you, you can didn't. do it. That's what's changed, right? But you I didn't mean, necessarily need an internet to do the Cheetos Museum. No. It could have been commercials. It could have it's been just an idea. There's an, there's an idea, yeah. and it's on a great insight. It's like, yeah, this looks like something. And it's yeah. kind of weird. Like It looks let's, like my, like my mother-in-law. I'm confused by it. And it's like, it's great. You did something great with that. Well, you know, when you said we were scrappy, I just feel like we've never had a lot of giant brands to work on, and yet we have. But I think of us as doing small, little, quirky you know is, things. I don't think that we've, I mean, Got Milk is probably one of the most famous things we've done because we did it for so long. Yeah, we did it for 20 years. True. I mean, we, we haven't had one big brand here for 20, 30 years like yeah. some of those other guys yeah. have had. I mean, Wyden went into business with Nike yeah. around the same time we went into business. And they've had 35 they years of it. it. 35 years yeah. of it. And then, and then shy it with Apple. Mm -hmm. We uh, worked for Nike for three years. I know. And good. got fired. It's a good three years, though. It was a good three years. 
So you worked on Nike. What year was that? 1999 to 98 to 2001 or something like that. So they they hired you guys and then went back to... Well, they never let them go, but what happened is some rebels inside Nike wanted... You know, it happens. Like, people get tired of other people. And so we got a chance. I don't even think we pitched it, did we? No. Okay, we go. That's amazing. They asked us to do an assignment. It was uh, oh my the opening of their retail stores. Ah, Remember that? Exactly. Yeah. And we used Boston. We used Boston. We did some cool stuff. We did. It was about, you know, in, in um, it was like in reverence for the Franklin Field, mm-hmm. high school field, Nike is opening in Boston. You know, mm-hmm. to celebrate to celebrate the ice rink in Brockton at night. You so know, here's this little tiny um, venues of sports. It's a they, they fucking loved it. Well, it was, what happened is, you know, Boston is very provincial, and how dare this big company come into their area? Now things have changed, but then it would be like how dare Starbucks comes in or Nike, mm-hmm. and so it was reverence to the little. The little hockey rinks and um, yeah, basketball, basketball courts. Yeah, and basketball courts. Yeah, it was lovely. That's the only one we did. And then you got fired, obviously. Well, well, let's do that. We did, fired. we did some good stuff. More like, we're going to go, but we're going to do some yes, more Yes, more stuff. like, let's go back to Dan. We, 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 we shouldn't have well, done you know this. What? Do you guys know Dan? Oh, of yeah. course. And, sure. And w- <laughs> what happened when you it guys... It wasn't so good. Well, yeah, when you guys started working He was not on happy it. with us, but he's, he's fine now. Did he call you? When we were fired, it was a good day for him. <laughs> well, what Jeff hasn't said is well, our I first... Well, I would be scared shitless if you guys were working on stuff. When I, you know, like, I'd be scared shitless. Well, well he was. He was not happy. So what Jeff didn't say is that our first TV campaign was skateboarding, and we won a, uh, not only the gold line, we won the... Grand Prix. Grand Prix with it. When there was only one Grand Prix mm-hmm. in 1999. Wow. Well, yeah, when that was... That was kind of scary. That, that, made that them, was a big deal. That made them upset. But we've worked on... Oh, my God. You know what? When I, we started, I didn't know that was you guys. When we started yeah. working on... so good. We started working on Nike. I wrote Dan a note, and I said, listen, I'm thinking of this as like a big summer house that you guys have built, and we get to stay in it now and then. We're not going to take it over. We have no, we're not going to own this house. We're going to come borrow it now and then. It's a cool place. Please, please uh, coexist with us on this. We're going to be cool. Uh, I don't think that he wrote back to me. <laughs> because he was thinking, no way. You want to take my summer house. He's like, you're going to trash the place. Gonna, I can feel it. And you're going to take, you're gonna okay. just take it. Okay. And I'm not going to get it back. But here's good There's karma. No summer house for me. I have good karma here. Uh, Steve Jobs said, who should I go? Uh, he was interviewing uh, agencies because he was coming back to Apple. And he said, uh, why should you pick us? Well, why should I pick you? Yeah. And I think we said, no, you should go back to Lee. Yeah, we did. And he did. Not, not, not that we had anything to do with it, but we felt... To tell you the truth, it was because he, he was going to have a pitch us against Shia Day, and we knew we knew we weren't going to win. Right. He was just going to pick Shia Day again. Yeah, just some, so, yeah. so we cut the whole thing short, and they went to Shia Day. I like Rich's story better. <laughs> My story I like Rich's, better. Ver- Rich's version's better. Hey, we're in advertising. We can make anything up. <laughs> There's always a chance. There's yeah. always yeah. a chance, so I like that you did it. Uh, and I appreciate the truth as well. But I think there's some truth in both what you're saying. Both sides are both true. Right. You're both, both sides right. are you know true. You're both that's, right. That's a good one. You're way both right. Good one. So what else would you like? What would your viewers, would, if they had a chance to ask us any question, what would they ask us? What would you ask us? So a lot of they these, a lot of these questions oh. are on this piece of paper oh. in front of me. I asked them on Instagram. So and no one wants to get a job? 
everyone wants to get a How job. Get a job here. here. How do you get a job here? <laughs> oh, that shit. Uh, you know what you do? You make yourself different from the other people that are coming here to get a job because there are a lot of people coming here. So you find a way to make yourself different, you know, like, um, and that's not necessarily easy to do. You know, you make some things and send them to us that aren't like the things that other people have. And that doesn't mean ad school things. That means maybe some things you made at home. Right. Yourself. You know, something you made for your for your brother for his birthday. Anything stand out? Uh, any, well, Zach get- Canfield, who, who hires all our creative, um, he does go to a lot of schools, all the schools. Yeah. And he... And uh, he has a good sense of where the uh, the world is, and I would send work to him. Sorry, sorry, Zach. <laughs> you probably get a lot. Well, I would send work to him, but to make to make that work different from what anybody else sends. It. Like right. we had a guy that that sent us a cartoon every day for weeks, and you know it just showed the staying power. Some of them were. Did really we hire good. him? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That could. I mean, it Peter, could go. Peter it Peter could, it could oh. go bad. But like, what do you got to lose? It could go bad. Totally. Yeah. What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? You well, like we, that? I don't know if I would love that. I don't know if I would love getting a cartoon every day, unless it was like a great cartoon. You start now. getting some good ones. I remember some of them. That's how good they were. So that's well, it's important. It's, impor- it's not just about being. So what you're saying. You got to do a good job. So there you go. So students listening to this. Yes. Uh, what Jeff is saying is, yeah, be persistent, but don't be annoying. Yeah. For annoying sakes, there has to be thought and a cleverness to what you're to doing. It has to be rewarding for your audience, just like advertising. Well, we will take chances on almost anyone if they're interesting. The point is we'll take stand-up comics, we'll take weird designers, we'll take uh, musicians. Um, oh, yeah, we've had a lot right? of musicians. We had Little Dicky worked here. So this doesn't surprise me, based on your backgrounds and you being a reporter. Yeah, and, uh, the designer. This makes a lot of sense. This is, I think you're talking about you know, a bit of, of a, some extra secret sauce. It's the extra secret sauce. And, you know, I mean, a, a lot of it comes down to finding people early in their careers when, they're, when they haven't done it yet um, and seeing some spark. And, and I tell people all the time that come in here with like 50 pieces of work in their portfolio. I don't want to see 50 pieces of work. I mean, people get hired for one piece of work. Yeah. It's always, Jeff, it's always been one piece. Yeah, yeah. And so and then we find call the thing down and make sure I see that one. Here's the funny part. <laughs> if they didn't really do it, <laughs> we find out later. Now, they were part of it, but that one piece that we hired them for, other people would... Sometimes you find out. And so this is this yes. is a problem in the industry. Yeah. So I'm, what, uh, names so, are on everything? Right. So what, and, and I'm finding this out, uh, you know, you hire people mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. You know what? They're not delivering. They're not delivering on this thing that won the Grand Prix. It's yeah. happened a few years ago. Someone's totally. Like, they do something that they can't do anything even close to what. And they you're said. wondering what's up, and then you're like, you know what? There's, there's yeah. twelve names on the credits. Even if there's two names on the credits, it puts some doubt in your mind as yeah. a creative director, yeah. and it's kind of shitty. And you're kind of you, you're always found out. Yeah. Now with all that said. People have done killer, killer work at your place, yeah. and they've even done killer work when they left your place. So you've, you've created stars here. I think a lot of people would say they did their best work when they were here. I like that. When people say that to me, yeah. I like yeah. that a yeah, lot. Yeah, like when you, when you talk to Jerry, and he's fond of this place, he did really good work here, and we let him do really good work. And then we, one of the things that's not- He did, he did not, great work here. He did great, great, work. great work. One of the My things that are not clear is, is how either, how we've affected the work, but we don't really do the work. 
I mean, how can I say that? Um, well, you make room for the work. You make room for people to be their best. And it takes a lot of forgiveness, especially with characters like Jerry, you know, <laughs> and you do. And you just have to forgive certain things, overlook certain things, and look for the best in people. And we've been so lucky to have, yeah. we have yeah. a litany of people that are, you know, the best people in the business. And a lot of them have worked here. And, you know, a lot of them are working here now, luckily. Yeah, yeah. we have freelancers <laughs> come and go. I, I look at someone and I go, oh, yeah, and that have, was a long they vacation. Come back. They all come back to freelance. <laughs> I know, I thought... Well, where have they been? Oh, they don't work here anymore. Yeah, that's right. Freelancers have a good gig these days. Only lately. The money is getting up there. The money like is the crazy. Day rate, the day rate is getting up there. The oh. money's up there. It, you know, I always tell people, you won't get to produce as much of your work as you used that, to. That's right. And that's kind of sad. That is I sad. Think, I think if you're, if you're really, you know, I think great creative people want to do work that the world sees and that changes things. Yeah. And, I think the, the money can only go so far. I was going to say that it's changed now. The, um, these freelancers are actually getting to produce, like in well, our company. sometimes here. Okay. A yeah. handful. Yeah. I think the batting average is still pretty low. You think here. so? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Okay, guys. All right. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. It's such a... It's been fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and uh, such an honor for me to chat with you guys. You guys are, you guys are legends. You guys are Goodby uh, and Silverstein. Yeah. Thank you. How do we get They're here? They're real people. They're real people <laughs> with an amazing, amazing agency. Still kicking ass. Thank you. Like you always have. A real pleasure. Well, it's pretty, pretty hard to believe. And thanks for having me come down. Oh, you're I, welcome. I for the people in Canada, we have a lot of Canadians here, or we used to. We're not putting the wall up. <laughs> no wall. Thanks for, thanks for not putting the wall up. It's only fucking advertising. Okay, so I flew back. I'm back in Toronto. I think that went well. <laughs> I like those guys. They had no agenda. They weren't trying to plug a thing, nothing. It was just a good convo. It was kind of like three people just sitting around at a bar having beer. And uh, I just, I got to tell you, I had a giant grin on my face the entire time. I promise you that. And uh, that's why I do this. I, I wouldn't get the chance to ever sit down with legends of advertising. I would not have this chance to chat for that long. People I admire, people I respect. And uh, I wouldn't be able to do that unless I was doing this thing, this podcast thing. So holy moly, it was amazing. Hey, I got to thank uh, someone named Kurt Mills. So Kurt works at Goodby. And he's legit. He did the Cheetos Museum and won Lions. He's a Canadian. That's why I kind of know him. And I got to tell you, Kurt made this whole thing happen. So thank you to Kurt Mills. This podcast doesn't happen without Kurt. This could be episode. Sorry, could be Silverstein. Rich will kill me. <laughs> okay, so in uh, two days, this is a bit of a teaser coming up. I'm talking to someone. She is Swedish. She is awesome. And her agency is behind Epic Split with Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know that. So I think that's going to be fun. I'm not saying any more about it. Tune into episode seven when it comes out. Look for some details on the Insta. Search IOFA podcast if you don't currently follow. And uh, we'll chat next time on It's Only Fucking Advertising. It's Only Fucking Advertising.